Hi everyone and welcome to The Networks. I'm Gareth Spence. Today's show is all about the edge of the network. In recent years, the edge has come into sharp focus. With COVID-19, residential broadband has dramatically evolved and brought a whole new set of challenges. What's more, with developments in the 5G XL market and the business access space, the edge has become a key focus for service providers. In today's show, we're going to dive deep into the edge and find out how it's evolving. Our guide is Adver's Stefan Rettenberger. Here's the show. Stefan, what are the key services forcing operators to focus on the network edge? Well, you actually uh, provided a good segue into this question. Clearly, residential broadband is probably the one thing that people hear and learn most about with all the move to work from home. We are now really evolving our homes from a multimedia consumption location to a working, learning and education center. And uh, this is driving, of course, the performance requirements to a totally different level. We want higher bandwidth, we want symmetrical bandwidth, ideally, maybe SLA insured for um, for the work from home environment. And um, certain technologies are already emerging on the market that provide that. What might be less of a public debate, but technologically, maybe more interesting even is what's happening in the enterprise services, though. Um, here, edge compute is probably the big term where there's hosting opportunities for operators. And depending on what application enterprises are seeking to run, some of it is best hosted and run on-premise, maybe in their own data centers. If it's something smaller, it could be run inside a demarcation device, or you push the edge compute um, offering through the back into the network, and then you have edge compute, mini data centers, etc. So there's Lots of interesting architectures evolving here that um, make enterprise services, especially with the advent of network function virtualization, a lot more interesting and a lot more software-driven, self-enabled and self-empowered for those customers. And last but not least, we should not overlook the wholesale environment. Um, Wholesale clearly is, first of all, providing connectivity for an operator that does not have his own infrastructure in that particular place or region. But of course, our entire access and edge networking environment is going more and more towards a wholesale model. 5G predominantly will be a wholesale setup where you have the front hall, the mid hall, the back hall, often offered by the fiber and wireline operator, whereas the mobile operator is just leasing the facilities based on the connectivity, the bit rates, the, the throughput, the latency, the synchronization, the timing, whatever else is needed in a particular application. What do operators need to do to support all these services? So I think the big issue when you go into an investment cycle, as we are going into as an industry, is you want to put things out there that are as future-proof as possible. And I think future-proof clearly in many cases means it has to be open, it has to be disaggregated, it has to be scalable. And um, there are new models and technologies that are allowed just that. So I would compare it to Lego blocks where you have an optical layer, where you have different optical, packet optical, or or pure packet and NFV components that you can bolt into it. And so depending on what you need, in what location, with what type of capacity, what application is running over your, your network, you can adjust and adapt to those requirements by just composing and building the right uh, ingredients into this into the service. What role are coherent modules playing here? 
So coherent technology clearly is something that I would say was pretty much the third revolution in, in optical communication technology. It gives us a tremendous capability when it comes to the robustness of the signal. You pretty much are digitizing the optical network. And apart from the limitations through the optical signal to noise ratio, I would say a coherent signal can travel almost any distance uh, without any electrical regeneration. So the, the capacity and the reach that is achievable with these components is phenomenal. In, in the backbone, we see thousands of kilometers at 100, 200, 400, maybe 800 or 1200 gig. And, um, and you see in data center interconnect some phenomenal capabilities with coherent technologies, especially with the advent of the 400CR plugs. But we still have to be mindful that coherent technologies are consuming significantly more power than direct detect optics. They therefore also consume more space. So it's not that we are going to go coherent everywhere. How will coherent modules be used at the edge, both now and in the future? So around the edge, um, and as you go out towards the axis, the network becomes extremely cost sensitive. So you're no longer talking about terabit per second type of big fat pipes. You're going out to individual fiber tails that may be connecting a radio head, an enterprise site, uh, maybe a residential neighborhood, etc. And therefore, coherent would have to be really, I mean, we're talking game-changing requirements in terms of the space consumption, the power consumption. We probably need items, so industrial temperature range coherent optics that would then allow us to have, with a small form factor, low power consumption, temperature hardened, to really push the coherent optics further out into the, into the edge. How do you see the role of direct detect modules changing as data rates at the edge increase from 100G to 400G and beyond? That's, that's a good question. Um, in particular, I mean, you mentioned the upgrade from 100 gig to 400 gig. This is pretty much a metro core upgrade cycle that is now upon us. So most of the operators have already introduced 100 gig wavelengths and 100 gig coherent wavelengths in their metro and regional networks, higher speeds in the backbone, even higher speeds in some data center interconnect networks. Um, but these metro rings, as they are being upgraded to 400 gig, typically expect uh, or, or can handle, I should say, um, 100 gig uplinks from, from the edge. So therefore, I think 100 gig coherent in a small form factor, low power consumption, temperature hardened will be an absolute game changer in the industry. As you then go further out to the endpoints of the network, and then we talk upgrades maybe from 1 to 10 gig or from 10 to 25 gig, it's super cost sensitive. And I would say between 25 and 100 gig, this is where I see in the foreseeable future the dividing line between direct detect and coherence. We will see the pluggable low power consumption temperature hardened QSFP 28 form factor coherent plug but further out at 25 gig and less I would still predict that the direct detect technology will have significant advantages in terms of cost space and power consumption and therefore prevail up to that line speed. How do you see optical networks developing to support 5G X-Hall and gigabit services? The 5G infrastructure upgrade is possibly the, the most interesting and most prominent and certainly also a far-reaching network upgrade where we all of a sudden have new requirements in terms of antenna density. We have new requirements in terms of timing accuracy. We have requirements of low latency. We want symmetrical delay. 
Um, so uh, that the upstream and the downstream pretty much have the same signal delays and propagation times. And so there's some interesting concepts, especially for the latter requirements with uh, bi-directional technologies. Um, many advantages actually of going to a single fiber working model here. Um, first of all, it's very efficient in terms of using the glass that you have available. So you need just a single fiber for the upstream and downstream. And by going to such a bi-directional approach, of course, the signal runtime going down downstream and upstream um, is pretty much identical. So all these timing and intolerance towards delay variations that you have in 5 gig can nicely be addressed with bidirectional architectures. Of course, the overall architecture, as we said in the beginning, would have to be disaggregated, open, go to point-to-point applications, point-to-multipoint, use WDM where you can. It has given us great results everywhere else in the network, saying the fiber is the physical layer and WDM pretty much the multiplies the capacity that you have in there and can also be used for interesting point-to-multipoint architectures like we we do with a G.Metro type of architecture. So the toolkit is getting richer by the minute and uh, there's interesting ingredients that are coming to market. With that toolkit, you definitely can build an optical layer that gives you all the flexibility, the scalability, the cost efficiency to support everything that 5G needs. Talking of toolboxes, what do service providers need to do to support all these developments while at the same time extending the life of their current fibre infrastructures? So I think going open and going disaggregated and trying to come up with a an optical layer, a line system, um, uh, that can be a ring, it can be a, a point-to-point link, it can be a meshed environment in the axis or in the edge, there may be point-to-multipoint architectures. Create an optical layer that uses WDM as a additional degree of freedom and built it such that it is fully standard compliant, can take your own or third-party interfaces directly into that layer. And um, you will have something that is very low latency. If you use it in a bi-directional fashion, it will have very little to no delay variations between upstream and downstream and um, gives you the right ingredients to pretty much respond to any type of demand that is brought to you as a service provider, as a business opportunity. You can decide to be a neutral host for uh, for multiple applications. You can go into wholesale enterprise or also, of course, um, support the residential services over a much more unified second mile. And this is really what the edge is is all about. It's a unified second mile network architecture that is future-proof. Final question, and you've already touched upon a, a number of these items, but what needs to happen to develop a truly open and disaggregated optical edge? So yeah, I think we touched upon most of the key ingredients. So the optical layer that uh, that I just described is one key element. The right mix and use of transponder, maxponder, packet optical devices, pluggable optical interfaces, point to multipoint scenarios with bidirectional elements, etc. This is the hardware-centric view. The other element, of course, is the management and control features so but that actually would probably require a whole another podcast so but you need to have open apis follow the protocols and the standard that you have efficient domain controller architectures that can then feed into a, a much bigger network view and last but not least i think anything that can be done in software around edge compute and programmability either within the networking elements or in conjunction with any mini or macro data centers those to me are the three ingredients 
components, the optical layer, the management control, and the edge computer pieces that go in the right place where latency processing and the, the distance between the application where the data is processed can be optimized. That's everything from Stefan. If you'd like to know more about how Adver's helping to shape the edge, please check out the details in the show notes or email me at the networks at adver.com. Thanks for listening.